Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> so, if your walls are looking a tad bare and you like to decorate them up, perhaps hide a few questionable stains, then we have got you covered. Luke Spooner, the lovely chap who illustrates all of the episode art for the other stories, has made us an exclusive poster design called The Writer. It's fantastic, it's spooky, you have to check it out. It's currently up for sale on our web store, along with our t-shirts and mugs, over at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Also, if you didn't know, mine and Daniel's non-fiction books are out now, so go and grab Collaboration for Authors and 1 to 5 Million, Lessons learned from podcasting in my pants when nobody was looking to learn all about collaborative creation and the behind the scenes of podcast making. They're available from all good Amazons right now. Today's episode is The Algorithm, written by Matthew C. Butcher and narrated by Justin Fife. Nothing to hide, nothing to fear. The slogan of the state was emblazoned on the wall opposite John in monstrous crimson letters. The words seemed oppressive in their own right, some three feet high each. It almost made the two ceiling-mounted cameras that were trained on him seem unnecessary. John barely registered these, however, as surveillance cameras now outnumbered the Western world's population two to one. Eyes were everywhere. Your phone was listening to your every word, Your purchases were logged and cross-referenced, and both home and work appliances all linked to an overarching cloud system. 
how much food you prepared, was compared to how much was disposed and forwarded to the state's resource management department, resulting in a limiting of weekly rations. How long you spent in the shower and at what temperature was compared to a chart of acceptable water usage, and all surplus was automatically deducted from monthly wages. All the media you ingested, television, music, and reading materials, were analyzed meticulously and their cumulative neurological effect calculated. Your behaviors were observed and scrutinized for patterns both past and predicted, and measures were taken to steer you away from choices that were deemed counterproductive to the state. Your micro-expressions could be analyzed from a block away to diagnose your mindset, thoughts, and mood. Nothing went unseen in the modern world. There was nothing to hide because there was nowhere to hide. In the system's defense, the civilized world now experienced very little in the way of true crime. A remarkably complex cache of algorithms, collectively referred to as panops, was devised to sift through the constantly growing wealth of personal data, like panning for incriminating gold. All negative behavior patterns could be detected in their early stages, predicted, and prevented. Would-be felons were removed from their current role in society, moved to somewhere where they were deemed not a threat, and left until their panops no longer viewed them as problematic. Perhaps their crime's predicted time and date had passed by without incident, or they had enough time to reflect and correct their thought and behavior patterns. The constant threat of social demotion was a strong enough motivator for most. Though hard work was rewarded with luxuries and good living, everything was ultimately owned by the state and they could take back whatever they saw fit. Mr. Layman? A young man's voice called out, giving John a welcome distraction from his thoughts. They're, they're ready for you. Silently, John got to his feet and headed through to the interview room, inside of which John found a familiar setup, one chair of each side of a polished metal table. Sat in the auditor's chair, however, was someone unfamiliar. This caused a twitch in John's gut. Change was never a good sign in a society built on routine and repetitiveness. She's just new, John tried to reassure himself. The department is big. Lots of people work there. I'm, I'm sure they must rotate their staff from time to time. Sit, please, the woman instructed him without looking up from the tablet she was furiously tapping away at. John sat. Attempting to shuffle his chair closer to the table... He found it affixed to the floor with bolts. The table was too. In fact, everything in the room looked secured in place. Commence recording, the woman commanded as she turned her attention to John. The date is 5-13-25. This is Agent 215508, processing the civilian audit of... Please state your name for the recording. John a Anthony Lehman. Mr. Lehman, our overall summary seems to be in order. Your productivity at your employment is within acceptable parameters. We have no record of offenses, neither major nor minor, and your personal life is acceptable. No interpersonal complaints, a romantic relationship with a personality match percentage of 88.2%, and an overall social rating of 79.32%. You're polite, punctual, and a hard worker. Uh, thank you. 
John can sense a butt approaching like a storm front about to hit. Which makes what I'm about to inform you of seem largely out of place. You, John Anthony Lehman, have been flagged by the civil disobedience aspect of the Panop's algorithm. <laughs> what? John stuttered. It has been predicted with a 93.67% and rising probability that you will be a key participant in an upcoming period of civil unrest we at the department are attempting to preemptively quash. John was unsure how to defend himself against allegations of future events. He felt himself grow feverishly hot with panic as his mind reeled for an escape though came up empty. Your participation will be largely coincidental as you happen across the gathering on your way to work. We predict vandalism of state property, opportunistic looting, and you will hospitalize a member of the police with a thrown projectile. The injuries sustained are calculated as having around 70% probability of fatality. I I would never... uh... John trailed off, scarcely able to believe what he was hearing. You will, the woman replied. You will be driven into a temporary state of mental instability upon the discovery that your romantic interest is sleeping with your neighbor. Is she sleeping with, with Tim? John asked in disbelief. Not yet, but that has been predicted with a 97.21% probability. Sorry. John slumped in his chair. So much for the 88.2%, he thought with a sigh. You are to have social and employment privileges limited until the date of the predicted event has come to pass, after which restrictions will be lifted and you will be permitted to reintegrate yourself into society. She glanced down at her tablet and tapped a bony finger against the screen. You are also flagged as a moderate suicide risk, so if you do have any such urges, please remember that any cleaning or administrative costs accrued from your untimely death will be charged in full to your nearest living relative. Did the algorithm tell you that guilt trip will stop me from topping myself? John managed to retort. Glancing down at her tablet, she replied, Yes. Guilt is calculated as your highest motivator with a predicted 72.3% effectiveness if a family member is involved. A large hand grabbed his shoulder firmly, surprising John enough to let out a yelp. Mr. Lehman, thank you for allowing me to be of service to the state, a woman said to him as she gathered her things. My colleague here will escort you out. The large hand moved under John's armpit and yanked him painfully up and out of his seat. With an arm twisted behind his back at an unnecessarily sharp angle, John was taken to a police van waiting on the street outside, directly in front of the building's entrance for all his gawking colleagues to see. Can I stop by my flat to pick up some things? I only live a few blocks away. No, you don't, his escort replied gruffly. Your new role has its own accommodation. But I've got stuff I need to store, John protested. No, you don't. Your possessions are all forfeit, cop killer. John's fingers ached. Much more accustomed to the smooth plastic of his office keyboard, they found his new manual work to be decidedly more punishing. 
Despite the thick calluses that were already forming, he found his fingertips painfully sensitive to the jagged edges of circuit boards and electronic junk. He had been assigned a position at the recycling facility that sifted through refuse for any discarded electronics that contained trace amounts of precious metals like platinum and palladium. It was thankless work, but given the planet's waning resources, considered necessary. John hadn't spoken to the outside world in weeks. His flat was someone else's, his girlfriend now his neighbor's, and his possessions were likely to wind up joining him on the scrap heap. As the weeks became months, this new position of servitude shifted to normalcy. Though John tried to keep track of how long he'd been here, he soon lost count. It had stopped mattering to him as each request for a definite release date was met with vagueness or stonewalling. No one in any position of authority had any knowledge of when this supposed riot was to take place. No one even seemed to know anything about it anymore. No one, that was, until Tobin arrived. John! A whisper traveled across the heap of scrap and old appliances they were sifting through. John Lehman? John poked his head over the old food printing unit he was currently dismantling. Yes, he replied hesitantly. Ahead, he saw a figure with his back to him, currently face deep in an old clothes washer dryer. Keep working, the figure instructed him. We can't let them see us talking. John sat back down and shuffled scraps of metal in front of him to simulate work. I'm Tobin, he introduced himself. You're in here for the riots, right? I am too. John's ears pricked up. This was the first he'd heard about the supposed riots he was supposed to participate in, in what seemed like weeks. He was starting to fear he'd cook them up out of desperation to give himself hope that his incarceration on the scrap heap had an end date, when perhaps it didn't. What do you know about them? John asked. Did did they happen? Tobin chuckled. (laughs) Of course not. The almighty god algorithm saw to that, didn't it? What it didn't know was why there was going to be a riot. Perhaps that was just a variable in its trillion calculations that it didn't consider worthy of flagging to its meatbag handlers. Why was there going to be a riot? John felt compelled to ask. There were going to be several, actually. They were going to act as a series of distractions. Enough to blur the vision of our algorithmic overlord. There was a group of us that had a plan to cripple the system. All we needed was a moment's privacy and we could have uploaded a virus that, after the injection into the network, traveled and spread in a totally random manner. It was unpredictable because it wrote its own code as it went in. It would have taken an indecimable amount of time, sure, but the only issue was masking the upload. We predictable humans were the liability in the plan. Why tell me all this? Because you're still here. The riots were supposed to have happened months ago, but the system decided to keep you here. It knows it's radicalized you by sending you here. You're not getting out because your your ever-growing resentment is calculated as problematic. I'm I'm telling you all this because I know what that kind of resentment is like. I know how powerful a motivator it can be. 
It's a level of angry that gets things done. Help me tear down the system that has screwed us both over so entirely. John fell silent. It's a lot to take in, Tobin reassured him. Think about it, but don't take too long. I've set up an escape. Let me know if you're in at breakfast tomorrow. As he sat in the mess hall staring in the nutrient slop that served as breakfast, lunch, and dinner, John ruminated over Tobin's words. Was a life free of the algorithm really possible? Could a less regimented society truly be better? Or would it descend into an animalistic chaos just as state constantly reminded them? Wouldn't it be a world once again fraught with war, death, and destruction? Or would something entirely new and organic begin to form from the unbridled creativity permitted by free will? (coughs) Tobin coughed from down the table, gaining John's attention. He raised his eyebrows as if to say, Are you with us? John nodded, and Tobin smiled in response. John returned to his slop, hoping that he had made the correct decision. Glancing up, he saw the guards had blocked the exits, and a couple were making their way down the tables. They knew he had spoken to Tobin, and they knew what about. John knew what came next, so he closed his eyes and braced for the impact. There was a slam as face collided with metal table. John turned in time to see a cloth bag pulled over Tobin's head, blood soaked into the white fabric where it pooled and dripped steadily down into his overall's lap. Guards hauled him to his feet and dragged him out of the door. Again, a mass appeared in John's peripheral vision, causing him to jump. A guard leaned down over his shoulder and spoke into his ear. Mr. Layman, on behalf of the state, I'd like to thank you for bringing this dissent to our attention. You're free to go. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The Algorithm was written by Matthew C. Butcher, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes, music by Chris Zabriskie and Tom Robson, and sound effects were provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Matthew C. Butcher is a novelist, he writes stories for podcasts, and is soon to be breaking into the medium of graphic novels. He has a keen interest in near-future sci-fi and conspiracy, and enjoys speculating at what point everything goes awry. Despite the generally graphic and miserable themes in his writing, he promises he's actually quite a pleasant person. Honest. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts and mugs and now a poster are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The episode is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.